sorry. I'm sorry. I this beer is oh god, <laughs> the worst pour ever. <laughs> That, is, that glass is all bubbles. <laughs> How did I even do this? That's great. There is exactly one third of the can in this glass. Wow. I think I might get the award for worst forever. <laughs> I tried to do it with a microphone in my other hand, which meant I couldn't tilt the glass. So Summit Point. Summit Point. Summit Point, what beautiful, scenic Summit Point, West Virginia. I have to say, we used to do Summit Point a lot back in the day for Hyperfest when it used to be there, back in the days of yore, and it was kind of shady back then. Like, really? The facilities were not that nice. Um, like, the, the paths back through the woods were not cut very well to, like, get to the camping areas and the infield and stuff. It's also where 100 Drifters was, right? Yes, that was over on Shenandoah, not on Maine. But, but yes, it was at Summit Point. But at Summit Point. Mm -hmm. um, they have, in, in recent years, they were sold to a some sort of defense contractor company. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it seems like they've done a really good job improving and maintaining the facilities. So it's like... I, I, it's a really nice place to be now. It's, yeah, I mean, it's no VIR, but it's really nice. Yeah. The track is in great shape. The facilities are in good shape. I got no complaints. Yeah, really. Like I, um, something I noticed. So backing up a little bit, um, the last time I was at Summit Point was in uh, October, last day of October, first day of November, that weekend, Halloween weekend, um, for the fall finale with NASA. I did two day HPDE there, and I was on the factory Bilsteins with my current springs and sway bars and in the off season a good friend of mine with an nd um put meister r coilovers on his car took his coney yellows off and just gave them to me like he had them sitting in the garage for two months after he did the coilovers or something and it was finally just like do you want these you'll use them i was like yes i do and so um i during the off season i swapped coney's uh kept my progress swings uh, springs and sway bars on the car um and i was a little concerned because i just could not get the conies adjusted on the street to where i liked them the car always feels a little too bouncy a little too jittery on the street it is fairly bouncy but i i don't necessarily mind in that car i think it suits the getting out there on track with how well summit point is paved with how much smoother it is overall, like the car came alive and it felt so much better. So, you know, kudos to the way that the track is maintained, but also yeah. like it reminds me that sometimes you make those performance gains to really see the benefits at the track and it works. Absolutely. When we went back, I guess it was March, late March or no, late April. It was April. It was April when we went um, it was the, for me, it was my first event signing up in HPDE three, which the, the, the big difference there is, um, you can pass anywhere on the track, not just in designated passing zone and on either side, you're not, you know, you don't have to stick to one side or the other for passing. So what ends up happening a lot for me is I had to get used to, being in my mirrors a lot more than I already was because every single car in that class is now, it's it's all exper more Besides experienced drivers. Besides that one red Miata. Besides the one red Miata, every other car 
was so like faster than me to a degree that I have not experienced until this point. It, it, it's the speed disparity is massive. Um, so I'm constantly having to be in my mirrors and giving point buys like in turns. So like taking turns wider, pointing people on the inside and stuff like that, which at first, like my first session out was quite a culture shock, I guess. Well, that's, that's, uh, f- was it for you as well? Your first session since like last fall? That too. Yeah. I, that's part of it too. Is just like first time back in the saddle in like six months out on track yeah. And that move up, I can imagine it was. And a then lot. on top of both of those, the first session of the weekend, they used HPDE three as a warm up session for time trials. So you had insanely fast, like full on race car time trial stuff in the same session with my little hundred horsepower curl. <laughs> it was very, very intimidating. Ah. But I mean, eventually I kind of got used to it, but it, it, that was, uh, the first session afterwards, I was not, I was, I was contemplating asking to go back to HPD too, cause I just felt so out of my league. Yeah. But I would say, and here's the other big thing about HPD E3, by the time I rode with you, because you can take passengers now, which is the bomb.com, which is the, probably the best perk of being in DE3. Is that people get to, uh, you get to give ride-alongs to your friends. Uh, by the time be, I rode with you. I get you, to be someone else's Eric. At the end of the weekend, uh, you were far more settled in. You were honestly getting past a lot less. I know the sessions were thinning out a bit too, because it was the end of the weekend. But like, I don't know, like you were more comfortable like pointing somebody by taking turn one, like just on the outside all the way around, getting like two or three cars past you. And then like you were running good laps and it would take a while before the next person was right up on you. So I think another another factor for especially that first session was that I've ne- up until that point, my, I've only my experience at Summit Point has been fairly negative. I've never really grooved with the track like it's never really. I know we've talked about this several times. Yeah, it just, I never really got it, the track. I never felt like I had a handle on it, especially turn five, and I'm still not super confident on turn five, but I'm better now. Can you attempt to explain why turn five is difficult? So turn five... Because it's all I hear about. So turns, so for turn three, I have to stab the brakes just a little bit, but it's still a pretty high speed turn. Turn four is flat out. And then coming into turn five, you're carrying a lot of speed and you're going downhill. Yeah, turn turn three is kind of uphill. And then you crest the hill and start a gentle descent. Turn four is a right-hander, like full speed, picking up speed to the right and still going downhill. And then turn five is essentially a hairpin, like 180 degrees back around to the left. At the bottom of a hill. So you have to break going downhill also. Um, and my every single time, and they call that section the chute because it's very narrow and downhill. And there's like hills on both sides. So they call it the chute. And every single time right there, if I'm on my brakes as hard as I feel like I need to be, I lock up the right rear like crazy, even with my brake bias turned all the way down. Um, so I'm probably going to end up having to run part store pads in the rear and just change them out every event because they're going to melt. Um, 
That's the only thing I can think of without spending a lot of money on a big brake kit for the front. But by the end of the weekend, I, 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 I was feeling much better with the track and more comfortable with those cars on track. And I'm very excited for my next event. Yeah. Um, I had tons of fun riding with you. I'm glad. In that session. I was um, shocked that we were able to carry on conversation as well as we were. Yeah. Uh, well, it's only a hundred horsepower car. It's pretty so loud you, in there though. It There's is. No but interior. You, you get time is what you get. You mm. get a lot of time between the turns. Yeah. Which is, it's about what it's like driving my Miata, honestly, like my instructors and I have some pretty decent conversations in between turns. Right. But we don't have like, like earpieces yeah, and communicators. True. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun at seeing like, especially how your gearing is so much different than mine places on track where and I have the sh- quote unquote short gearing. Now. Yeah. And it's still so much longer than Miata gearing. Um, you're heel towing into second in turn three, uh, fourth to third or fourth. Yeah. Sorry. Fourth to third. And I'm barely, I'm in th- you're probably in fourth there. I would imagine you're in fourth for that turn in that car. Yeah. It's yeah, fast. no, I'm like well in fourth. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, because it's three to four. Uh, Do you go into fifth right? between, between three Only and on five? the front straight. Okay. Only on the front straight. A- everything Ooh. else is third and fourth. So one of the insanely fast cars in my run group was like a newish GT3 RS, Porsche 911. And through... The, the the twistiest part of Summit Point, so like turns like six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, and nine. I w- we were he was not leaving me behind. Once we get out of nine, All right. and you can accelerate, obviously, sure, sure. <laughs> but like I could keep right. up with him through the the really twisty. Bits. What do you mean the six hundred horsepower car outruns <laughs> you, Jordan? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It only costs a quarter million dollars. I think that's part of what's so fun about Summit Point as a track is that you have several really fun high-speed corners and you have one really good, surprisingly technical slow-speed yeah. section. And I think it it brings the... It levels the playing field a lot yeah. more. It's a good mix of high-speed would... sweepers and low-speed technical stuff all in one very relatively short track. It's not a long track. Yeah, and, and elevation changes. Like, not mm. major ones. Not like VIR level elevation changes. Sure. But ones that affect what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, between turns. Um, t- talking about going down the chute into five. Or, you know, the way that... Um, you come up like out nine, of nine. Yeah, nine is off camber on the exit and uphill. Yep. And that is one turn that always feels like an Achilles heel for me. Because mm. you can't because because it's up a hill and it rolls off camber you can't see the exit point right from until you're like past the apex Mm -hmm. and so you have to know your breaking point your turning point and where the apex is and just set that up and the quote-unquote straight between nine and ten isn't straight is not straight to the right it cursed to the right a good bit in fact to the point that i had to keep 
reminding myself to like when you go under the bridge to be like mid track because yeah. you kind of come over that little crest and and down a hill and the whole track's moving and the whole to the track right. is like moving to the right yeah and if you want your braking zone for 10 to be in a straight line you have to be like mid track pointing toward the outside before you tuck it in 100%. so yeah like 3 3 I always feel really good about 9 and 10 are where I struggle 5 I honestly feel good about like that's the one that kills Jordan we are the opposite <laughs> yeah Jordan loves 9 and 10 and has them nailed and, and if those I are can, the ones that if I can get lucky and nail 3 which I did a couple of times I still struggle with consistency at 3 but if I can nail 3 it's real good yeah 3 I think is maybe the most 3 and 10 are the most rewarding turns I would say when you yeah. get them right, yeah. I would say so. They feel the most amazing. But yeah, Summit was really good. Yes. That was my first time back at the track since October. So I did October at Summit and I did April at Summit again. And the first session was absolutely like shaking cobwebs off, getting my brain back up to speed, getting my awareness back. Um, but my instructor for this weekend was um, actually a guy that I've known for a couple of years. Um, brought his Camaro. He he runs in uh, time trials and instructs. Um, uh, brought his Camaro to us at my old job for paint protection film and stuff. And so I've known him since then. And it just so happened that he was one of the instructors for uh, this event. Um, it was a little hectic for me getting ready because I was on the wait list until Tuesday. And the event was Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I got the email from Laura Cabetto wow. that I was into the event on Tuesday. All right. Had to pack the tire trailer, the the pop-up canopy, the tent, the oh, all yeah. my camping stuff, like from Tuesday to Thursday evenings um, in order to leave, you know, Thursday evening, stay at my parents' house. And then because they live about an hour from the track and then drive to the track from there. Um but yeah, it was, uh, he was a really good instructor. Um, I feel like I learned a lot from him, definitely. Um, he had me run some different lines than I ran back in October. Um, learned more things about the car. Had one spin. Uh, it was a pretty good one. Obligatory. It was, it was a tank slapper. I kept it on the track. It was my very last session of the weekend. Coming uh, out of turn five. Finally pushing harder. Came out of five which is like never a problem for me. And the back end just started to go. I caught it. Uh, when it got grip, it jerked back real hard. And I just got in that real bad oscillation back and forth. Um, finished is, it out with a full 360. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Which is, felt. Is five or one the slowest turn on the track? I'd have to look at... I think five is tighter. I'd have to look at GoPro footage. I think five is tighter. Yeah. I think it's slower than one. The entry to one might be about the same, but you're back on throttle so much earlier. Yeah, and it opens and up opening up, up into two, which yeah. is like not an official it's turn like that exists. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's a big increasing radius. Five is, is slow. Honestly, I think six might be slower, the entry. Oh, maybe. Because you, you're coming out of five fairly slow, and then you got to stab the brakes again yeah, to get right. it into six. Right. But then it opens back up into seven, eight, and nine. Um, but yeah, the um, I will say about the, the spin, the catastrophic oscillation back and forth was not intended, but 
at the point that I could tell that I was going at least 180, I did tell myself, just keep the wheel cut all the way and it will finish the 360. And it did do that. So I felt a, nice. a little bit like a stunt driver just because that was like <laughs> that feels good. the one deliberate yeah. part of that whole episode was, you know what? If I keep it cut, it will come back around and at least be pointing the right direction. Um, but otherwise, uh, I rode in a Ferrari challenge car. Oh, yeah. A 458. Uh, like full track prep, full You've, cage. You have seen this car. It's the one that silver. It's been at Hyperfest before, where it's like the husband is an instructor and the wife drove it, and like oh, HPD won. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, uh-huh. she's in she's in DE two now. Yeah, but she was in one, which was very funny to see a Ferrari Challenge race car in HPD one. Yeah, um, he I runs, do remember that. He runs in four, obviously, yeah. and is uh, an extremely fast driver. He ran his fastest lap of the weekend. Um, for comparison, I think my best like GoPro estimated footage lap was 132 uh, from this weekend. Sure. And his best lap was a 118. Oh. Uh, so a <laughs> little bit faster. A little bit. Jesus Wolf. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that was an experience. Very cool to uh, to get to ride along with him. Yeah. Uh, I did have one mechanical issue kind of uh, over the weekend. Yes. Over that weekend where... Uh, that, I as did I, actually. <laughs> Not mechanical issue, but oh, ma- yeah. maintenance, yeah, yeah, yeah. unexpected maintenance issue. So, at the, and which we discovered at basically the same time. Yes. So I had jacked the rear of the car up. This is uh, Friday night, so after the first day, before I wanted to check over the car before the second day and just see how bad the flat spots were on the rear tires. Um, and I jacked the car up, and I don't know how long it's been like this. Maybe it's been a while. Oh, boy. Another but I ha- one. I happened to notice that there were no sway bar bushings for the rear sway just, bar just none gone like evaporated <laughs> they just weren't there i'm sorry <laughs> yeah come again for yeah. big fuzz so the like the little like you know they're kind of cylindrical with a flat one flat side and the sway bar goes through them i'm familiar yeah they're just not there yeah i mean the the metal straps were there there was a piece of them there they contained the sway bar (laughs) from like exiting the vehicle that's hilarious but the bushings were were, uh, gone that's hilarious so i've i we drove uh, so i i i got i told steve and steve was like yes let's go let's we'll grab go to the parts store let's go to the parts run to town and and we hop in my car (laughs) To go to the parts store, and I pull, like, out of my parking space. This is right after the last session on the first day. So we make it approximately 30 feet in the Miata. (laughs) And I hit the brakes to slow down, and it's like... Like, metal on metal death screeching. Real real bad noise, and I go, oh boy, I I got a sizable rock in the dust shield. Because when you come off at Summit Point and where we were parked... Where I was parked specifically, there's gravel. You come off track and your tires are very hot and sticky, and I was parking in gravel. So I figured it just chucked one of the rocks up between sure. the dust shield and the rotor and was sure, just sure. screaming. So I'm like, I just reach in the spokes and I'm shaking the dust shields and I'm trying to get them out. I go to move the car again. It's just as bad. And so I back the car up and, and we take a look and my rear pads are gone. Like what? Like one millimeter 
left. The squealers like, are the squealing. squealers are up against the rotor, which is what's making the noise. Did not make a sound on track. Was totally yeah, fine. I was gonna ask. Ran all the sessions that day. And then we noticed when we were going to drive to the parts store to try to find some sway bar bushings for Jordan. So I bent the squealers back just so they wouldn't be completely unbearable on the way to the parts store. And um, and then and we, we headed out. We pulled up to this. It, was, uh, it wasn't Advance. It was uh, CarQuest, which is owned by Advance now. Um, but we pull up to this CarQuest, and it's like a small storefront area like what you would see in a small car quest well attached it, to the largest building i have ever seen in my life it is the <laughs> advance auto parts slash car quest like north american distribution center it is seriously in winchester it is in winchester huge. virginia that's amazing and it's like 25 minutes from summit point so if you need a part they it's probably there. have it. Well, because we had we went to a regular advance location. They had nothing. And they had nothing. They didn't have my pads either. They didn't. So then we're like searching the area. And then this one seems to have everything. And we had no idea what we were pulling up to. It was like the, the it looked like it could have been like the corporate headquarters. It was so big. Yeah, it's it's the Taj Mahal of car parts. Yeah. That, that description. Well, wait. When you first started telling this story, I was reminded of another facility. Oh yes, called Grayline. God bless them. Do you yes. know Grayline? I am. I am. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Gray Bar. I don't know Grayline. Oh, Grayline, Grayline Auto Parts. Yeah, uh, down on, uh, on Route Jeff One. Davis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same situation. It's like the the front the storefront is like the size of this room yes and then you you then you go outside and you realize it's attached to an enormous warehouse yes. but this place sounds much larger uh, yes it's like um what is it? It had like? to have been two stories in there or yeah, like it's like an shelves. amazon distribution center sized warehouse oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like I'm like sure. A hundred thousand square feet. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to driving past all those big facilities out there. I think Walmart's got one out that way. Yeah, Dollar General's got one out by yeah. DIR. And, uh, and, and where you go in as a customer is about the size, maybe smaller than your average auto parts store. Yeah. And then at like plain white walls and a plain white desk. And then it's just they have literally every part. It's like, oh, yeah, let, we'll, we'll pull those for you. It might be about 10 minutes. Yeah. So I I ended up purchasing. Uh, they had, I think Dorman or Moog makes polyurethane bushings for some year '90s Camry. So I got the Camry bushings, and they were wrong, but they were right enough that I could make them work. I love that. So we ended up then going straight from there across the parking lot to this giant Lowe's, and I got a three quarter inch spade bit and just wallered out the. Yes, and the then bushings. and then cut the yeah. the flat down yeah. with like a utility knife. <laughs> I spent like a solid forty five minutes shaving it with a utility Just, knife. Yeah, I ended up breaking the blade, but still made it through. Yep, severely modified and them. did not cut myself. It was classic, amazing. classic race car stuff. That's yes. amazing. And and had sway bar bushings for the rest of the weekend that did exist yep they were in there. fact they probably still exist they are there i'm still. assuming you have yes. not taken them off the car mm-hmm. or changed them for actual corolla bushings. i don't think i don't think i could get those even if i wanted to is that could that be why you lock up the right rear every time well i'll tell you i still was afterwards okay
I was just thinking if you have unequal, like if because the way bar, the, the way bar, the, Ooh, the, 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 bar, way bar the sway bar could bend until it hit a solid surface and yeah. disrupt something. Yeah, and then and then you're like you've like shocked yeah the, the corner yeah i could i see what you're saying but it still was happening I, okay i since then i have put two new tires on the car and rotated them so hopefully having actual round tires back there now will not it will lessen its propensity to keep locking up on the same spot round tires you say yeah preposterous but i also might buy some really cheap pads before grid life just to just to have them I mean, I ran on CarQuest gold pads or whatever. Rock for Auto has some for like the rest five dollars, and I might buy like ten sets of them. But yeah, that was. I don't really think I have anything else to add to Summit Point. It, it, was, it was good. A, it was a pretty solid weekend yeah. of uh, hanging out and camping and doing car stuff and yep. fixing things uh, on day one to run all day on day two, and the cars worked. It was. Uh, it was good. a good track weekend. I love that kind of stuff. I yeah. love, I love, uh, uh, Jordan and I sat and had, uh, a deep parenting conversations oh, yeah. until like, uh, oh, nice. one in the morning or something. Mm -hmm. on, yeah. Uh, Good. Having, on Friday night. having friends at track days is so much better because <laughs> yeah. I'm so used to being there by myself. Yeah. Even, yeah. even just one friend yeah, to, to sit with sure. in the evening and have a beer and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the middle of the day and just share snacks and work on cars together and run all weekend talk about the track and i'm saying what it's about. who needs hyperfest when when you can just go to a track weekend and hang out with your bros that's part of the reason i'm uh, probably gonna go to grid life with you buddy are you not gonna run in are you July? Just gonna oh no in? i'm going okay. i'm going to run Excellent. I'm going to sign up as soon as uh, as soon as I the wallet allows. <laughs> well, yeah, as soon as work actually uh, reimburses me for all the outstanding expenses, uh, it's my fault. I had not filed all of my ah. expenses, but I had like flights and hotels and things I paid for on personal credit cards yeah. that I need to get that money back for, and then I will go ahead and sign up for uh, for Grid Life. I'll go up there and run with you. Sick. Would would you get your phone out, please, Steve? Would you would you please open an internet browser on your phone? Yes, I will. Will you please type into the address bar, Steve? Yes. Beerandbackfire.com. How do you spell that? Listen we have, here. We have we have a website. Podcast Instagram, Jordan's Instagram, Pierce's Instagram. Nothing about Steve's Instagram. What does the sponsor link go to? Re reprehensible. Oh God, is there a sponsor link? Oh boy, our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute clowns. I love every one of you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good night.